having a heat plan means identifying loved ones who might be at risk if they don't have access to air conditioning. People should also evaluate whether they can stay at home during a heat event or if they should plan to go elsewhere. So if you can stay at home, you want to identify the coolest part of your residence and focus on keeping that one area cool versus your entire home. You also want to identify other locations to stay cool. So places like libraries, malls, or community centers are great places to stay cool. Your community may also have designated cooling centers open as well. I'm Peter McCulley. That's Ashley Davidoff, a public education officer with the Ministry of Emergency Management and Climate Readiness. On this edition of Today in BC, we're talking about how to be prepared for and respond to emergency situations like wildfires and floods. Thanks for joining us on the podcast today, Ashley. Thank you so much for having me. Atmospheric rivers, flooding, wildfires, heat domes. It it seems like there's emergency after emergency the past few years. So we thought it would be timely to have someone drop in and talk about preparing for and recovering from disasters. Wildfires are on everybody's minds these days. Perhaps we could talk about what you do around your home to prepare for a wildfire. As you noted, with natural and climate-related disasters becoming more frequent and destructive, everyone in BC is encouraged to get prepared for potential emergencies. Regardless of the nature of the emergency, there are three steps to take to be better prepared. So these steps are know your hazards, make a plan, and prepare emergency supplies, including an emergency kit and grab-and-go bag. The best way to prepare yourself for a wildfire would to be create that emergency plan with details like how you'll communicate with loved ones and where you'll meet in the event of an evacuation. Because knowing what to do in advance will reduce anxiety and help keep you focused and safe. You'll also want to put together a grab-and-go bag, which is a small emergency kit that's easy to take with you in case you need to leave right away. It's a good idea to make grab-and-go bags for your home, your workplace, and your vehicle, because you never know where you'll be when an emergency happens. Now, what to do around your home to prepare for a walk. There are lots of simple steps you can take to mitigate wildfire risks around your home and property by doing fire smart activities. So some simple fire smart tips include removing branches, leaves, pine needles, and other combustible materials from your roof, gutters, balconies, doorways, and windowsills. You'll also want to keep movable propane tanks or wood piles at least 10 meters away from your home. You're going to mow your grass around your home regularly and preferably to a height of less than 10 centimeters. You also want to create a 1.5 meter non-combustible zone around all buildings by raking and or sweeping down to mineral soil, rock, or concrete. There are also so many more great FireSmart tips and resources available at firesmartbc.ca. And I highly encourage everyone to check them out and give them a follow on social media as well. I also want to mention that bcwildfire.ca and the BC Wildfire Service mobile app are the best resources for the most up-to-date and accurate wildfire information available. If you have to leave the house in a hurry, a grab-and-go bag, as you say, is a good idea. What are we putting in the grab-and-go bag? Having a grab-and-go bag is essential if you need to leave in a hurry. You'll want to ensure that your grab-and-go bag includes things like ready-to-eat food and water, a phone charger and battery bank, a small battery-powered or hand-crank radio, a battery-powered or hand-crank flashlight as well, 
extra batteries for those items. You want to make sure you have a small first aid kit and personal medications, anything that you may need. Personal toiletries and items such as an extra pair of glasses or contact lenses and solution if you use those. You'll want to include a copy of your emergency plan as well as copies of important documents like insurance papers and identification. You'll also want to have some cash and small bills just in case interact and credit card systems go down in that emergency. You want to make sure you have seasonal clothing and an emergency blanket. And always remember as the seasons change to update those items in your grab and go bags as well. You want to have a pen and a notepad to take notes if you need to keep track of things that are happening. And you also want to have a whistle in case you're needing some assistance as well. You also want to make sure that each member of your household has their own grab and go bag, including your pets. And you want to keep them in an area of your home that's easy to get to, like a hall closet, a spare room, or your garage. It's also really nice to pack a few comfort items to pass the time. So if you are stuck and out of your home, you want to have something like playing cards or a stuffed animal for a little one. The grab and go bag for pets sounds like a really great idea. I hadn't thought of that at all, but now it makes perfect sense to me. And you mentioned insurance papers that should be part of your grab and go bag. And insurance is very important to cover any losses, especially when we're talking about wildfires. Absolutely. So flood and fire insurance is one of the best ways you can protect your family. So home insurance is widely available in every community throughout the province and provides coverage for fire damage and losses. Residential flood insurance can be limited in areas of higher risk. So insurance representatives can help you determine if residential flood insurance or sewer backup coverage is available for your property. And if folks are being evacuated from their homes because of wildfires or floods, I understand there may be short-term financial assistance available. That's correct. So during an emergency, Emergency Support Services, or ESS, provides temporary support for individuals and families affected by emergencies or disasters, such as wildfires and floods. So ESS is typically provided for 72 hours for essentials like lodging, food, clothing, incidentals, as well as transportation. This period of support allows evacuees time to contact their insurance provider for coverage details, connect with family and friends for support, or access community service organizations for longer-term support. Uh, ES can continue beyond the 72-hour period on a case-by-case basis if evacuees require more time to transition to recovery and have unmet needs. I also want to note that our government has made improvements to ESS so people can get that support they need more easily and more quickly. In 2020, we digitalized ESS so people can register online and avoid lines at reception centers. In 2022, we also introduced Interact e-transfer ESS so eligible people can have money deposited directly into their bank accounts and choose where they want to spend it. Also in 2022, we introduced ESS pre-registration so people don't need to spend time signing up while they're in an active emergency. They can do so ahead of time. For more information and to find out how to pre-register, be sure to visit ess.gov.bc.ca. A few years ago, I heard the term heat dome for the very first time. I was surprised to read that extreme heat is responsible for the highest number of weather-related deaths annually in British Columbia. Yes, I just want to start off by saying that heat stroke is absolutely an emergency and overheating can be harmful to your health. And as you noted, it could be potentially deadly. So the people who are most at risk during extreme heat events are older adults, so those over the age of 50, 
people who live alone or are socially isolated, anyone with pre-existing health conditions such as diabetes, heart disease, or respiratory disease, people with mental illness or substance use disorders, individuals who are marginally housed or definitely at risk during extreme heat, those who work in hot environments, people who are pregnant, infants and young children, and of course, people with other disabilities or limited mobility would be at rest during these extreme heat events. And what can folks do when it's very hot? Where can they go in the house and outside the house to get some relief? That's a great question. So we encourage everyone to put together a heat plan as we move into the summer months. So having a heat plan means identifying loved ones who might be at risk if they don't have access to air conditioning. People should also evaluate whether they can stay at home during a heat event or if they should plan to go elsewhere during an emergency. So if you plan to stay at home, you want to identify the coolest part of your residence and focus on keeping that one area cool versus your entire home. You also want to identify other locations to stay cool. So places like libraries, malls, or community centers are great places to stay cool. Your community may also have designated cooling centers open as well. If you live alone, you want to find an extreme heat buddy to check in on you and maybe somebody to reach out to if you need help during an extreme heat event. I'll touch on heat warnings a little bit as well. The province does provide funding to communities when heat warnings are issued, and that funding is to open cooling centers where people can go and cool down. First Nations and local governments will have the latest information about cooling center locations in your community. It's also so important during a heat wave to stay hydrated, whether you're inside or outdoors. We always encourage people to make sure they have plenty of water for themselves and for their family. Most people actually need at least four liters of water per person. Try stay in the shade and watch for symptoms of heat exhaustion. So those symptoms could include dizziness or fainting, nausea or vomiting, confusion, headache, rapid breathing and heartbeat. But we do have an extreme heat preparedness guide, which is available at preparedbc.ca. It has tips on how to stay safe and it will help you prepare for a potential heat event. Ashley, tell us about the emergency alerts that are available throughout the province, particularly those on our smartphones. Sure. During a life-threatening, emergency alerts can be broadcast to cell phones, radio, and TV. In spring 2022, the province formally introduced the ability to issue emergency alerts for wildfires, floods, and extreme heat emergencies. And so that's in addition to tsunamis. The RCMP may issue broadcast intrusive alerts for Amber Alerts and civil emergencies, while Environment Canada and Climate Change Canada may issue alerts for hurricanes, thunderstorms, and tornadoes. So broadcast intrusive alerts, they have a unique advantage with their reach and impact. So this can complement the public alerting systems already in place in the communities. Other alerts include local government emergency alerts, coastal siren systems, door-to-door notifications, and social media, including at Emergency Info BC on Twitter, which is a really great resource. When Today in BC continues, Ashley Davidoff talks about making a plan for landslides and power outages. Why spend hours searching dealerships, comparing makes and models? Find the best of BC's inventory in one place, todaysdrive.com. You'll have access to inventory across BC where you can easily find a vehicle that fits your needs and gets you where you need to go in comfort. Get in the driver's seat. 
Don't miss out on the many options we have available for you. Powered by Black Press Media, todaysdrive.com connects you with exclusive new and used car deals. I'm Peter McCulley. Today in BC is a Black Press Media podcast. Ashley, when whole communities were cut off from each other because of the roads and highways being washed out, it's even more important to be prepared to leave the house quickly and perhaps even spend a long period of time in your vehicle. That's definitely top of mind. If possible, you want to keep your vehicle's fuel tank or EV charge at least half full. If you are directed to evacuate due to a hazard like floods or wildfires, a half full tank will ensure you have enough fuel or battery charge to leave the area safely. You also want to make sure you have your grab and go bag with you in case you need to spend time in your vehicle, which is another great reason to keep one in your vehicle because you may not be home when an emergency occurs. Landslides and avalanches can be fairly common during the rainy season. Does preparing for those emergencies differ from, say, flooding and wildfires? We often say if you're prepared for one emergency, you're prepared for others. So regardless of the nature of the emergency, it's critical to be prepared by creating that grab-and-go bag, making your home emergency plan, and learning about the hazards in your specific community or the communities you may be traveling to or visiting the firmer. DriveBC.ca will have updates on any road closures due to landslides or other emergencies for anyone traveling as well. You touched on power outages. They leave us without light, of course, and most of us without heat and hot water, and maybe an electric vehicle for as long as the power is out. What kind of an emergency plan should we have in mind for power outages? Right. Power outages have several different causes. Those include wind, lightning, wildfires, floods, and even motor vehicle accidents. So it's so important to ensure that you and all members of your household are prepared for a power outage year-round. You want to be prepared for up to at least one week by developing a household emergency plan and putting together your home emergency kit. So that's the bigger kit, bigger version of your grab-and-go kit that you'll use to shelter in place at home. If you happen to encounter a downed or damaged power line, you should assume it's live and be sure to stay back at least 10 meters, so roughly the length of a bus, and be sure to call 911 immediately to report it. Similar to your grab-and-go bags, things that you'll want to pack for a home emergency kit during a power outage are all the essentials that you and your family will require for at least 72 hours. Again, those are things like ready-to-eat food, four liters of water per person per day, radio, flashlights, phone charger, power bank, extra batteries. And you want to make sure that everyone in your home knows where your emergency kit is stored. One thing we haven't talked about is communicating with your neighbors. The folks in your neighborhood should be in the know of what your plan is in, in an emergency situation, especially if you vacated the premises. Absolutely. If you're faced with an emergency, the most immediate help will come from your neighbors. So connecting and building those relationships with them today will mean a better response and faster recovery should an emergency arise. So you should also be sure to include your neighbor's names and contact information in your home emergency plan, along with any additional information on what skills or resources they might have and what role they'll play during an emergency. You mentioned emergency support services available on a short-term basis, but there's also other forms of emergency support services available. Yes, emergency support services is something offered during an emergency. However, after an emergency, the province may declare an emergency eligible for disaster financial assistance, or DFA. 
This is something that helps communities and people recover from uninsurable losses. For example, DFA was declared recently for flooding in several areas of BC this spring, and we are still actually accepting applications until September 3rd, 2023. So once declared, DFA is available to homeowners, residential tenants, business owners, local governments, indigenous communities, farmers, corporation-owned properties, and charitable organizations that were unable to obtain insurance to cover disaster-related losses. So DFA is not available for losses due to wildfire because of the availability of fire insurance. So it is so important to discuss coverage with an insurance company or representative. Ashley, I was impressed at the amount of information, guides, plan outlines that are available on your website. Absolutely. Prepare BC offers comprehensive and downloadable emergency guides. Our core guides are home emergency plan and home preparedness guides. We also have many hazard-specific guides, including earthquakes and tsunamis, wildfires, floods, landslides, extreme heat, and even pandemics. To view the guides and all of our other preparedness resources, including full listings of what to include in your home emergency kits and grab-and-go bags, please visit us at preparedbc.ca. And for more tips and preparedness information, be sure to follow Prepared BC on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I also just wanted to note that during an emergency, please follow all guidance from your local government or First Nation, including evacuation orders and alerts. We also wanted to note that the province does amplify local emergency information on emergencyinfobc.ca and on Emergency Info BC on Twitter. So please be sure to give them a follow as well. Ashley Davidoff is a public education officer with the Ministry of Emergency Management and Climate Readiness and has been our guest on this edition of Today in BC. If you have suggestions or comments, send us a voice message to podcast at blackpress.ca. You may be part of our podcast mailbag segment. You'll find Today in BC podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, iHeart, and Google Podcasts. From hidden local hotspots to outrageous wildlife rescues and trend-setting hotels, westcoasttraveler.com shares the latest travel news from your local community and beyond. Travel the spectacular west coast of the U.S. and Canada without leaving your armchair and start taking notes for your next adventure. Make your next vacation or staycation the best it can be. Visit westcoasttraveler.com.